Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Is the Green Party too far removed from rural living to understand and govern the countryside? I'm going to take you back to earlier in the week when we spoke about this issue to a number of people. Here's Gerald Manny, the Cahirlock, the chair of the IFA in Wexford. The one, the one for one of our areas is horticulture. So I would say to them, why have we closed down all of our bogs when we're now importing that piece from Latvia and Poland? via trucks and, and and ships and have actually increased the carbon emissions in the on the world. Not yep. on Ireland, on the world. We're okay. all part of the same world. And Martin, a farmer, a tillage farmer in Wexford, was also very strong um, and had this to say to the Green Party. To the Green Party, I don't see their logic in what they're talking about. I think it's a lot of waffle. Because, as I said to you, farming and the world is a big, big place. And I'll go a little further. The point about it is, everything, there's so much stuff being bought off of China at the moment. China would put up more emissions in an hour than we would put up in probably two years, or five or ten years. And finally, Councillor Joe Sullivan had this to say. An awful lot of the Green Party elected representatives have 12 TDs, 4 senators, 2 MEPs and over 40 councillors. I just went through them yesterday and had a look. They're all very much urban-based. I don't think they have a grasp of what is needed for rural living. Right. And with petrol prices coming into the area of 170 per litre, it's mm. putting an extra burden on people who are living in the country because a car is an essential item. We don't have a public transport structure within rural Ireland that we can say, okay, we'll use the public transport. If it was there, of course we'd use it. Why wouldn't we? Right. It, it, why, why would we spend the money unnecessarily? Right, so you believe that the Green Party's policies are disproportionate towards rural Wexford simply because most of them are urban-based? Yeah, well, well, it's disproportionate towards rural Ireland, indeed, and Wexford is basically a rural county. I think a greater portion of our people live in rural locations around County Wexford, so we don't actually have a Green representative, as far as I'm aware, elected to any of the district council, county council, or to the the doll. Mm. So I, I think the Green Party may not be in put as much as they might be with Bobby Lambert now joins me. Good morning to you, Bobby. How are you? Good morning, Alan. I'm very well, thanks. Well, Bobby, I played a sample of what we will we'll see as the perception of the Green Party as being non-rural, geared up to or eccentric, so to speak. Uh, what do you think, uh, uh, what can you respond to the comments that have come from the IFA, from a tillage farmer, and from Councillor Joe Sullivan? Uh, I think it's interesting to hear the comments. I mean, I can speak from my own experience. I'm speaking to you from rural Ireland. Uh, I grew up on a farm in, in Kilran, small farm, uh, did agricultural engineering, uh, worked with farmers uh, all over the world, actually, including in, in, in Ireland. So, uh, and I know a lot of my colleagues in, in the Green Party in Wexford are from uh, rural areas as well. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I'd agree to some extent that we need to be better in touch with all sectors of society and there's there is a question of how to engage with the full rural rural community i mean it may, it may be worth pointing out i mean i use public transport all the time uh, i find it, it it works quite well i would love to see it better so i'd agree with people who talk about the transport issues uh, and i think that's one of the things that there has been a huge big emphasis by the green party on improving public transport right around the country uh, and, I mean, that benefits everybody. It, it even benefits people who have to use cars, because if there are more people on public transport, 
means that there's less pressure on the roads. Uh, but there's been huge investment uh, in public transport already, and even more being being pushed into that. Uh, and the Green Party has been pushing that really hard because it recognises there is a need to improve access to public transport. Because you're not going to get people out of the cars uh, until uh, the, the public transport is better. And people will continue to use cars. It's not as if it's going to stop. So there will also be a need to continue to maintain roads. Roads will be good for electric cars, for electric buses, the whole, the whole shebang like that. So it's good to hear these points, and I think yeah. it's good whether you're actually living in rural Ireland or you're having to deal with issues to do with rural Ireland, it's good to hear these voices and to be able to respond to them, and that's part of the way the political process works. It's dialogue uh, uh, what Ger said there um, uh, about the importation of peace, I mean, he had yeah. a very relevant point there, hadn't he? He has, uh, but it is, I mean, I noticed there was also a point about China, and this is a, a, t- a point to me that... That, that was, that was uh, Martin, yeah? yeah you, you want yeah, to respond? Was, yeah, talk, about, talk to me about the peace, okay, uh, the peace point the peace first. Thing. Well, first of all, it's quite right that we, we stopped uh, mining uh, our, our peat bogs. They're very important, not just carbon sinks, but for biodiversity, and it's long overdue. Uh, I fully agree about the issue about, about peat being important for somewhere else. We've got to stop that as well. Uh, but it's one thing doesn't uh, preclude another. We we take the actions that we can take here in Ireland, and then we work to make sure that similar actions are taken elsewhere. Uh, we have to get our own house in order first, and Ireland's house is very far from being in order. We're one of the worst in terms of carbon emissions, actually, in the world, and we're laggards, not leaders, and we need to change that. Is the emphasis far too much, though, on rural Wexford and places, not just rural Wexford, rural Ireland in general? And to address one of the big questions raised by all my contributors there is that you are far too urban-based. Joe Sullivan mentions that you've no representation here at council level uh, from councillors or political level here in County Wexford at the moment. So in in response to that criticism, that because you're you're perceived as an urban-based party, how can can you, I suppose, uh, speak on behalf of, of rural uh, rural parts of Ireland? That's, I'm trying to I, trying to round it off as best I can to get that point. Yeah, across. yeah, no, I, I I get the point, and it's 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 clear. Um, well, it is absolutely true. We don't have elected representatives in Wexford, and we're working on that. That's part of what we're doing as Green Party. And until that changes, of course, that that remains it. The, the point about the Green Party membership in Wexford is that they're uh, across all of Wexford. Uh, I don't know the exact proportions lives in, in rural areas in Wexford, but many, certainly many of us do. On the Green Party in general, yes, if you go through it, many of them are urban-based, and that's true. But, for example, Pippa Hackett, who's the spokesperson on, on agriculture, uh, grew up in, uh, was born in Galway, grew up in Mayo, lives on a farm in Offaly, you know. So it's not as if we, there's, there's no linkages uh, with, with, uh, with rural Ireland or with agriculture in particular, um, uh, noting, of course, that uh, there are a lot of people in rural Ireland who yeah. do other things than farming, but the whole thing has to be looked at together. Do you need to foster better relationships with rural Ireland? Because there's a wariness of you on the basis of, uh, uh, it's not me saying this, it's, I'm just uh, kind of plain devil's advocate and, and be not judgmental and just going by what I got from the various speakers, do you need to foster uh, better communication with places like rural Wexford? Well, I think we have to foster better communication with everybody. Um, I mean, if you look, there was, this morning, for example, uh, Laura Burke from the director of the EPA was talking about the need for action and the need for all of us to take action in the environment. And that's 
that goes from agriculture to people in their homes to people in their cars. We all have to do this. So, yes, we have to step up that communication. I'm not sure that, you know, rural Ireland, an, an awful lot of people in rural Ireland get this, and an awful lot of farmers get this. They know the system has to change. They know that they, the farmers can take a leading role. Uh, and I think to, to be uh, attacking the Green Party, which some yes. sections of the representation of the farmers do, is sort of missing the point. The point is the action we have to take. Right. And coming back to some of those comments, for example, through the IFA or the IFA representatives, what, what I think we'd like to see, and I think it's beginning to happen, is that the, uh, the IFA in particular, but farmers' organizations are those working with them, such as Chagosk. Now, Chagosk has made sustainability front and center of its strategy, and that's mm. a really good thing to see. Would you, I Bobby, be prepared to engage? Out. Would you be Sorry. prepared to engage at a local level with, say, someone like Ger from the IFA? So Absolutely. we could... Absolutely. You Absolutely, would. we'd love it. We'd well, love it. Well, we will uh, give you the opportunity to debate this with Ger on air. But before I conclude our chat with you this morning, I want to just take a clip from tomorrow's edition of Business yeah. Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. He spoke to renewable energy tycoon Dr. Eddie O'Connor. I want to get your view on this. Just have a listen to this clip. Now, there's been extensive media coverage about the energy crisis this winter due to capacity issues. You're holding Airgrid and the ESB accountable for this, and you believe that both organisations should be privatised. I'm, I'm struggling to see why the state would want to own uh, particular assets, like, for instance, the distribution, the wires, the, the wires that carry the electricity into your house, or the transmission wires that carry the electricity from the big power stations like Moneypoint uh, to the population in Dublin. I'm struggling to see why they need to be owned by the state. Um, if the state wants to invest in something, basically it either has to print money through lending, uh, or borrowing, or it has to raise taxes. Whereas the private sector is set up just for this. Uh, you want money, you tell your story, you get investors, you do the job. And it seems to me to be much more straightforward. The only reason I think that uh, you might want uh, the stage to want something is that they make planning for the kind of event uh, that actually is now transpiring. The one that where we're going to be short of power apparently this winter. I mean, you can't have economic growth. And we've been growing the fastest of any country in the world uh, since 2014. And I, and I think we're growing faster than China in that period. Um, and you can't grow without electricity demand. And so, you know, this should have been foreseen coming. And why, are we, why was there no planning done for this? All right, uh, look, uh, just to, before I play that clip, I will go back to Jerome Alley from the IFA and invite him to link in with you and to discuss his view and your view. It would be an interesting debate. But on that particular topic, as I said, it's coming up in Business Matters tomorrow, Bobby. Um, what do you make of those comments to uh, by renewable energy tycoon Dr. Eddie O'Connor to Carl Fitzpatrick? <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry, Alan, but the problem was there's some interference on the line, so it was very difficult to hear that, so I don't know if, if this is, I, I know it was to do with wires and connections, and was it... Basically, the, the call to privatise uh, Airgrid and the ESB, that's, that's what the call is. Yeah, he, he wants to privatise it? Yes. Yes, well I think that's a debate about state ownership versus private ownership, and that's an ongoing debate. I mean, I, I think we we know from our experience in Ireland how, how uh, in certain areas state ownership has worked really well. I mean, the ESB uh, and what it did under state ownership was, was a credit to the country as a whole. I think the debate there, uh, I'm a bit sceptical about some of the 
the, the, the desire to privatise everything because I see this as being an issue uh, relating to who controls and who has the profit yeah. uh, from these things. So I would need to look at that a little bit more carefully. Okay. I think there's a role for private operators in the system and there's a role for the state and it's getting the balance right that, that I would see as, as important. Alright Bobby, look, we look forward to an interesting debate. Uh, the Green Party's view, the whole area of rural Wexford. Are you in tune with what uh, rural Wexford is thinking? And we look forward to that over the coming weeks. Thank you for taking our call this morning. Good morning to you. Lovely Alan, that's great. Thanks very much. That's and be in touch. Thank you. That's the Wexford Green Party Chair, Bobby Lambert. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix.